Welcome to The Conversation. This is Gretchen. And hi, I'm Christy. And you're listening to Conversations to Connect. This is episode 37, where we will be getting real about pandemics and the anxiety that goes with it. Which is super real. And super all day, every day, so heavy. And overwhelming. So here we are, six (laughs) months in. Six months? March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October. Well, almost seven months in. Okay. It's a lot. It's all a lot. And I feel like I'm laughing right now because... You don't want to cry? I don't... (laughs) I've cried too much. <laughs> Actually, I haven't I haven't been a real crier through this. So, I mean, but that's kind of typical for my reactions and responses anyway, but oh my gosh, it's just like it feels like nothing's going on, but, but everything is going, going on. on. And you don't have enough time in the days. The days I don't like the days just go so fast. Or or they go so slow. It's so weird because there are days that will just fly by. And then there's other days where I'm like, God, it's only 11 a.m.? How is that possible? Like, can we get to the end of this day? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but the weeks seem to be going quicker, too. And so I think, I don't know, just... As we're moving into the winter, also, I always get a little bit of anxiety because as it starts to get darker earlier, like, I don't like it. Mm. I'm not so much of a morning person, so I feel like it might be hoove me to maybe start getting up earlier so I can Ooh. have more day, Day-t- daylight daytime. hours. Yeah. yeah it's- no, I'm not a morning person either. And normally outside of pandemic time, I fall and winter are my favorite months. I love everything about the fall. I love the cool air. I love... I have a pumpkin candle yes. mix for you. Awesome. It's so great. I'm a huge, I'm obsessed with Halloween and fall. And so coming into October, November, December, usually every year, it's my favorite time of year. And that's still true. I was going to say, has it given you something to do that's outside of the norm? Like getting mm. ready for Yeah, it, well, or? I definitely got ready for Halloween a lot earlier than I normally I do. I remember I, it was September and I was like, you go. Yeah, I... <laughs> have now had my Halloween decorations up for at least three weeks because what else is there to look forward to? But I do agree. Normally the early like darkness doesn't bother me, but now it really has kind of been like a bummer because to get outside and to be outside, at least for me, has felt the most safe. Yes. And to be able to be with friends outside, uh, to be able to exercise, take exercise classes outside have now gotten like severely limited because daylight. Mm -hmm. And so, and soon we're going to be hitting daylight savings. Uh So it's going to be even darker, even earlier. And that has been kind of disappointing. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not, don't, can't knock the chill. Mm -mm. I am all about the cold weather. I haven't sweat in like two weeks. I'm so excited. Swear to God, this past weekend, it went over like 70 degrees. And I was like, this is too hot. Well, I'm super proud of myself because we had some really cold days and I did carry this heater around You're with me. You're a little portable heater. <laughs> but I have not turned on my furnace. So my, I'm oh, winning. No, I haven't turned on my furnace. My kids keep being like, it's cold. I'm like, put on a blanket. Get a hoodie. We're not putting on the heat. I'm enjoying this weather. Yeah, so I feel like we're mo- we're definitely moving into uncharted territory here because... Everything's all over the place. The world is in chaos. People are in chaos. Nobody knows what to do. Nobody's been through a pandemic before. So as football starts up and some kids go back to school and there are things like 
There are more gatherings happening. Yeah. I mean, I just noticed, like, I watch the numbers, like, for whatever. Oh, I watch them, are. too. I get so, the daily reports. Um, yeah, and it was, like, 40-some for a while. And then today it was, like, 106. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, and that's whatever was happening. We've talked before, like, several weeks ago. This right. isn't what's happening right now. And so I feel that people being over it, people just, you know, needing to get out. Mental health is all over the charts. Some people are doing really well. Some people are not doing very well. So I think that it's important for anybody listening to normalize wherever you're at. Because if you're like, hey, I think I'm doing okay. Or there have been some good things that have come out of this. Like, that's okay. Don't feel guilt over that. We were talking unhelpful thinking stuff. Yes. Maybe. Well, and I think, yeah, like to to think about the way that we're thinking right now and all through the pandemic. I think initially when it happened, a lot of people and myself included were so surprised by how much it affected us. Mm -hmm. And so there was a lot of reassuring ourselves and other people and the clients that we work with that, listen, the way that you're thinking is okay. Feeling overwhelmed is okay. Being scatterbrained, forgetting, having a hard time paying attention. It's okay. Then I felt like, People are like, okay, we're six months in. So like, this is the norm. And so I shouldn't be distracted. Mm -hmm. I should be able. So all the shoulds started coming in. Why is this still affecting me? We've been doing this for how long now? And it doesn't matter because still things are changing every day, all the time. And not just with the pandemic, but also with the racial climate, with the political climate, with kids going back to school, right? So like, For me, that was a huge shift. I have two young children, a third grader and a fifth grader that are both, we chose to do for our family, the stay at home, completely virtual option with their schools. So for us to go from early on in the pandemic where it was just like, listen, just get through the day. (laughs) Here's a couple of assignments. We're not even grading you. Like nobody's failing to summer, which seemed fine. Right. Right? Like well, June, like, July, August. There was less happening like yes. in terms of larger festivals, concerts, all of those things. Well, but the it kids like, weren't in school. Right. Right. <laughs> so I didn't have to worry well, about that. Well, this is a different phase. And I really yeah. like that Brene Brown, she talks about this time of year being the new year. Yeah. And it's really true. She was like, you know, in January, that's just our time to set a bunch of unrealistic goals that we can later <laughs> shame ourselves about. Yeah, right, and throw away because we never do them. <laughs> but this is the time where, like, you're coming off of summer vacations. Mm-hmm. You have a new routine. The kids have new school. So this is, I feel like, setting up, hopefully for most people, like you said, this was a let's crunch time get through this to this is the way it's going to be. We need to get into a good habit and routine for our family. Yeah. And I think that that, because of all of those changes, there are, again, as a reminder, the shoulds are not helpful. So instead- Well, it also comes from that resistance of, I don't want it to be this way. I hate this. Absolutely. I don't want it, you know, you can't- I want this to be over. Right. And when is it going to be over? Again, we talked about that before, but that's really huge to not know. If we all knew, hey, by this date, right, we're going to be done. Just hang in there and we'll be fine. To the unknown- continues to be this like dread hung above all well, of our Well, and it heads. also causes like this rush for like a quick answer and there is no quick answer. And this no. is the time where it's, I often refer to my brother's motorcycle accident when I'm talking about like emotional healing because to sit next to somebody's hospital bed and know that their bones have to heal themselves and you can't do anything about it. Like 
that's where we are you now. You have to trust the process. You have to trust the process. Look mm-hmm. at it as like an incubation period of not putting, like we've talked about before, people saying, well, I should be learning another language and I have all this time. No, this is the time to actually step back and look at your life and be mm-hmm. like, what's working? What's not working? Like, What do I want to get rid of? Yeah, what... And sometimes that's people, you know, when you start to set boundaries, some people don't like it. And that's another theme I've been noticing in sessions. I don't know if you have of start needing those boundaries, especially around election time for Mm. people who might not share, like my heart goes out to anybody out there who's living with somebody or having intimate family gatherings with people who just share different political views. Yeah, and can't let it go. Like, I mean, I think right. that there you, there comes a point where you can, you know, love the person and not have those conversations or you can have them respectfully. Well, and truthfully, as you're saying that, I'm thinking, well, the same goes for the racial climate. Oh, and the same goes for the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something else too that's really adding to just the stress and the pressure of all of this time is everyone has different views about what we all quote unquote should be doing during the pandemic and everyone has different views about racism and everyone has different views about politics and literally all of them are happening at the same time and everybody has their different views based on their own experience and perspective so Mm -hmm. i've actually had some really great conversations with people who we don't see eye to eye and you know one person in particular was like this is uncomfortable this or no I, I labeled it. They were like, no, we're not going to talk about this. We're not going to talk about... And I was like, this is very uncomfortable, but it's okay. Like, we, right. we can broach this subject because we're coming from different lenses and I want to know your lens and I want to hear, like, your ideas. One of the biggest culprits, I feel like... Have you watched Social Dilemma yet? Yes. I think that's it. Like, everybody has their phone and their phone is telling them they're right. Whatever your search history says, we're going to send you articles. We're going to link you with people. We are going to tell you that your world is the right world. Is the correct world. And when we have an us versus them mentality, we're not going to win. And so I feel like that's a huge factor in it too. So if people don't know, Social Dilemma is a documentary that's available on Netflix that has a bunch of people. Highly recommended. It's really good. (laughs) It goes into how our addiction to social media really messes with us, but also messes with us as a society and shapes the way that we think and what we do. And so when we go and seek information through our phones, uh, it is information that is cultivated. Tailored just for you. Specifically Mm -hmm. to you Mm -hmm. based on your Google searches and the things that you put into Facebook and the ads that you like and the time that you spend watching videos that pop up on your screen and all of that kind of stuff. And it's really quite fascinating. And truthfully, I have, I only really use Facebook and Instagram in terms of social media, but about probably now a month ago, I had, I remember it very vividly. It was a Thursday. Or maybe it was a set, whatever. It was a day. I could, that it wasn't, vivid? It was not that vivid because now I now I'm doubting myself. It was a day, and I had and I was all alone. Mm-hmm. The children were not with me. My husband was not home, and I remember I was sitting and doing Legos, something that I have taken up during the pandemic as a way to calm myself mm. and to focus on something that is out not technology. Right. So I was doing a Lego set, and my phone like bling, 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 
went off and I looked and it was a Facebook notification and it was innocuous. It was an innocuous notification like, oh, your friend just posted this or whatever. And I just remember looking at it and having a rush of like negative emotion. And I broke down and cried. <laughs> like I was just like upset and all of this stuff started coming out. And in that moment, I was like, well, I think I need to take a break from Facebook. Yeah. And I really have dialed. I kept it on my phone, but I don't open and scroll. Mm-hmm. I do go in to check my notifications. And mostly I have not deleted it because there are a lot of groups related to my kids' schooling. Yeah, and my favorite exercise class is now on Insta- or on Facebook Live. And right. so, but it's also overwhelming to go see. I'll look at my notifications and it's like, this person posted something. Okay, well, it has nothing to do you with You know what me. I started doing? You can, where it says that on the right-hand side, there's three little dots for options. You click on it and it says, do not notify me about this person's posts. That's what got me is mm-hmm. I opened it up and I had notifications about all these people posting out there, living their lives, doing things. And I started to get upset. I was upset because, again, for my own shit. Mm-hmm. Just people going out and me thinking like, are they not caring about the pandemic? Are they not, are like, I'm here I am staying at home, not going out. Like, mm-hmm. am I making the wrong decision? Am I making too big of a deal out of this? Like, or should I be mad at that? Again, the unhelpful thinking mm-hmm. and not setting good boundaries for myself mm-hmm. around what I need to take good care of myself. And that's what's important is what I do is going to be different than what Christy, what you do right. and what anybody else does. So some people might say Facebook has been the only thing that has really gotten me through this or social media has really helped me stay connected because I've been so isolated. That's great. For me, it's been extremely overwhelming and I have really, really, really limited. Me too. What I have. Well, and Instagram is like, grab it, like telling me like this person sent you a mess. I'm like, who is this person even? <laughs> like I was like, That's oh, because you have a public profile and mine is private. Yours uh, is public. Okay. And because it's public, Anyone can message you. And it's lovely. And it's awful. Mine <laughs> so is anyway, private. I have really, like, so it's been a while for Facebook. I kind of tinge in there, like, here and there, like you said, for those things. But I was really, until I watched Social Dilemma, like, Instagram, I would do it a lot until I was like, wait a minute. I am selling my attention yeah. to this thing. And I got a lot of shit to do right and now. for what? Yeah, right. For what benefit? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For what benefit? So, and it, it's great to be able to set limits around that and be like, here's the things I want to look at. Here's yes. those things that, like, sometimes it is a mental health break for me to sit and look at certain people that I like to follow. Yeah, it's, being intentional about it. Exactly. Absolutely. So I, intentionality is, I think, a big theme in my sessions yes. lately. So maybe we could talk about that a little bit. Yeah. I think setting intentions is something that we do very frequently and I don't think that we make it well known. When you're going through your day and you decide, you know what, this is what I'm gonna do today. You set an intention Mm -hmm. for your day. So it can be, you can label it intention, you can label it a decision, but I think it's important to realize for yourself, what are the intentions that you want for your day, Mm -hmm. for your week, for your month, right? You can and do lots separating of them mm-hmm. from the expectations of what that is going to look like. So that's another like layer of it. Like, so okay, tricky. I set these intentions, but whatever the outcome is, like, I'm not going to try to. Again, it goes back to that. I want it this way. I don't want it this way. I want, and that's so ego driven. And so I think, pardon my focus on the mindfulness, but I'm now back in meditation teacher training. So I think that 
a lot of good stuff comes of that if we start to look at our daily lives and experiences and relationships like intentionally. I think that what you said about the ego part is really important that when we want things a certain way, when we want to accomplish something, why? Mm -hmm. Right. Ask yourself why. And so when you're setting intentions and whether or not you accomplish them or if you don't accomplish them to the way that you wanted to right, to the expectations that you set, why? Yeah. Why is that upsetting to you? Why does that bother you? Why do you want it to be a specific way? What does that mean to you? Because in the end, does it really mean anything? Right. (laughs) Like, no. One of the things, too, and this is something that I... I talked to my husband about with schooling for our kids is I said to him very early on, I think we need to really prepare ourselves to have very, 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 very few expectations of what this school year is going to look like. And I always, this is what I tell people in session is when we talk about expectations. Did you ever watch Mad TV? No. Oh, I'm so mad at you. Okay, so anyone, any, any of our listeners out there that watch Mad I've TV, I've never seen any movies. If you <laughs> remember, I missed out on all the. It was stuff. a comedy show in the '90s, and they had this skit. It was a dating yes. show. Did it and look like were, the MTV? Yes, thing? yes, the low cartoon. Yes, okay. but they had a skit where it was like a video dating service, and it was called mm. Lowered Expectations. And so it was this song every time it would play, Lowered Expectations, <laughs> and it was all of these dating videos of these people who were basically like dorks and dweebs and stuff like that. It was funny. Anyway, that's literally what I hear in my head when I think, what are my expectations of this? And I think, lowered expectations. (laughs) And it's really helpful because more often than not, the expectations that we set for ourselves are way too high. Mm -hmm. They're driven by peer pressure, by societal pressure, by uh, the beliefs that we have from our caregivers and the people around us growing up, from our education, lots of different places that are unhelpful. And you have to make a choice. And like what Christy's talking about in mindfulness practice and in meditation, it really helps us get to the root of why do I think the way that I think? Why do I put this pressure on myself? And is it helpful? And I venture to say- It's not helpful. 10 out of 10 times, it's not helpful. (laughs) It's not helpful. No, but it becomes our habitual way of life. So what happens is we have emotions and we have our own neuroses. And how we deal with our neuroses is kind of like we have these habits. Most of them are not useful or helpful. No. So until we learn to interrupt those habits by doing a different thing, like we just continually, we're kind of living on autopilot most of the time. Um, until, unaware. Very, very unaware. Until you learn to sit with intention of just drawing your focus back into your breath. And then you notice like, oh my gosh, these thoughts are just thoughts and I can create a reality over something in the future or like paint the picture of my version of what happened in the past. Mm. So, I mean, if you take a simple example, like I'm divorced, so I'm sure my ex-husband and I have very different pictures that were painted of, you know, that time if you were to ask us now. And so I think that it's important to know that the only thing we have absolute control over is right here, right now. And that's just... It's sometimes easy to like identify, but it's so hard to put into practice because again, our minds are habitually set to going back to that default. And Mm -hmm. unless you learn how to do a thing differently, like it's always going to be that way. So why always compare it to a two year old that needs to be put in timeout? 
This is your brain. This is your brain on society. (laughs) During a pandemic. Well, and just in general, like even before the pandemic, this is what I would tell people. Like the work that you're trying to do now in changing the way that you think is like a two-year-old that you're trying to keep in a timeout chair. It's not easy. I do have to say that like if I'm thinking about like my clients as a whole, um, the majority of them, we've worked together for several years. So I have to say that even people that struggled so much early on are putting that practice into play because we've had like weeks, months, years of practicing for something like this that it never... The, the pandemic actually kind of like brought this out for a lot of people because they had no choice. It's like right. either you're going to practice it now or never. Yeah. So I think that that's a really important thing to look at. And there's so many different ways to access it now. I know people are overloaded with technology and Zoom and yeah. all of the things, but there's some really good people and practices that you can learn from if that's something that's of interest to you. We always have resources on our Instagram and website. I'll have to get some more breathing ones out there because people say that they love going back and looking at the yes. breath work and meditation. And if you can take two minutes, that's it. That can like minimum sh- all you need. Turn the course of your at least next couple of hours. It's just a couple of minutes to breathe, reframe. Yes. Well, and if you don't follow us on Instagram, go and do that because Christy and I have been posting during the pandemic short videos that are a minute, two minutes, three, four minutes, nothing super long of breath work, movement, sound, things that you can do to help you manage whatever it is that's going on, overwhelming emotions, thoughts that won't stop, anything like that. One of the most important things to remind yourself of is that you just need to do your best. Mm-hmm. And your best is going to look different at any given moment. The best- And give yourself some grace while you're doing well that's a part of it right Mm -hmm. which is realizing that like if you've had a really rough day you didn't get sleep the night before you had an argument you just don't feel good you don't feel your best physically mentally emotionally doing your best that day is going to look extremely different than a day that wow i'm not really feeling really affected by the pandemic today and i got really good rest and everything i'm laughing about that because for the three days prior to this i was like everything's in stride. This is great. I'm taking my walks. I'm doing my <laughs> exercise. I'm getting my, oh, sessions are great. Like, oh, and then today I, I woke up and I told you this when you yeah. got here. I was like, oh uh, yeah, I woke up today and I was like, F. Yeah. Today <laughs> is not a good day. Sucks and things are not going my way. Mm-hmm. And so to like expect that I'm going to perform at a level other than like what I'm capable of mm-hmm. in that day. But also I think that it's important to recognize if you are struggling, especially with depression, especially now, that it's important to reach out and be talking about it. Because I have, you know, a couple of clients who were like, I didn't even want to talk to you about it because when you say it out loud, it makes it real. And this is kind of scary and I'm having really bad thoughts and I just don't want to go on. And I feel like, you know, this is not something that I want to deal with. And when you get into that mindset and you don't reach out for that lifeline, like things spiral very quickly. Well, because what you said when you said like people are saying, uh, I'm experiencing this, but I don't want to say it because it makes it too real and I just want to avoid it. 
it's such a common misconception that if I give voice to this, it's going to make it worse. It's going to make it real and it's going to make it worse. Actually, the opposite is true. Exactly. That when we keep it inside, when we don't give voice to it, it gets worse Mm -hmm. and we spiral. What does happen when we give voice to it is we get to experience the emotion and that can be overwhelming, but it's not forever. Remember? Right. Right. No feeling is final. You're not going to experience any emotion for the rest of your life. Well, and also it's also perceived as like somewhat of an inconvenience almost. Like now I have to do something. And if it means I need a higher level of support at this time, if it means I need this, like... I'm going to have to change something and like the, I just don't want to deal with that. What? Do People that. don't like change? <laughs> no. But even if you have to take a time out from like if, if people were in school and taking classes mm. or work or taking time off for yourself or recognizing if you don't take care of yourself, you are going to crash and burn. Like 100%. 100%. It's going to happen. And it's going to be really bad. So if you're not preventative about it, and if you're not talking with your partner or your friends or your parents or whoever, then you're you're making it worse. Something that has been coming up a lot for myself, for my friends, for the people that I've been working with, is feeling like, listen, we're all going through this. We're all dealing with a lot of crap. I don't want to burden anybody with right. what I have to say right. or with what I'm going through. And pre-pandemic time this is a problem for a lot of people feeling really bad like i don't want to call i know everyone is has their own crap gretchen's married and she has kids she's got shit to do she doesn't want to you know what i mean like or christy she's a therapist she listens to people all day long i don't want to burden her with my stuff the truth of the matter is is that again we're all going through something and this is where boundaries are really important where and also because that friend might say I don't have today, but we also have to trust our friends. We have to trust our partners, our children, our family, our therapist, whoever it is that we're going to, we have to trust them that they're going to take good care of themselves, that they're going to set good boundaries. Right. And you can always check in with them. Like if this is too much, let me know. I love, so I have a client who I've worked with, I think maybe going on six years and She's always struggled with her relationship with her sister and her sister's always been very self-focused and not real, not ever aware of what her impact of her behaviors on anybody else. And she said, you know, I don't know if it's the pandemic or the fact that she moved out of state, but she was texting me, asking me a bunch of questions. She was very stressed out about a health concern she was having. And then she said, the next text was, oh, wait. I forgot to check in and see if now is an okay time. And I apologize if I just dumped all of that on you. And I think that that is important. Like That is so important. Label it, re- like say it. Because the other person, like you might like be thinking, oh, they, they have all of these things going on. But people have the right to say no and to set their own boundaries. And if they don't, that's not your fault. When it goes back to when we talked about boundaries earlier in some of the podcast uh recordings that we did, we talked about personal rights. Right. And that some of those personal rights is you have the right to express and experience your emotions. You have the right to ask for what you need. But on the flip side, I also have the right to say no and not feel guilty. I have the right to uh, do less than I'm humanly capable of doing. So yeah, I could listen to you. And yeah, I could take this on. 
but I don't want to. And right, right. now I can't. <laughs> and I'm laughing because I am like, a, I have a long history of like working through these things. And that was a <laughs> lot of like my marriage and everything. But um, of learning to set boundaries. You not, were like, piling it on, <laughs> scoop out of time. <laughs> not feeling bad about it. But I'll still, I'll be like, okay. And I will take on too much yeah. at times. And then I'm like, you have nobody to blame but yourself. Like, Well, this is why we're friends, because we do the same thing. <laughs> nobody I forced you or, like, made you do these things. Well, but- I don't know about you, but I learned it from my dad. Because he's still, he's 69, and I now, I mean, both my sisters and I have said to him, like, are you done? Like, he still works so much. Go, 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 go. Can't say no to anything. And I'm like... Dad, knock it off. And then I hear myself and I'm like, Gretchen, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you might want to take some of your own advice. Yeah. I think we do come from similar backgrounds in that regard. My dad retired this year. He's 60, he was born in 54. 66? 67. Because my dad was born in 50. No, my dad was born in 51, so he might be 66. See, but look, your dad is 66 and he retired. My dad is 69 and he is still going strong. He retired. Oh, she's using air quotes for those that can't see. (laughs) To three days a week. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I said to my dad. I was like, Dad, aren't you ever going to stop? And he was like, Gretchen, I'm only doing contract work. I'm like, Dad, when you are in three different states in the span of five days. You are not retired. You are not slowing down. No. And my dad, he works um, on cars. He does body work, but now he works for Pitt, Ohio. And he's been a manager of their auto body shop forever now. And he said, I got this letter for my retirement, you know, from the president. And And he was like, when I had like my talk with them, they were like, there are good employees and there are great employees. You are an excellent employee. Ooh. And we don't want to let you go. So he's three days a week. <laughs> so he retired to three days a he's week. He's like, I don't but know. See, that's the thing. But that's what's so hard because that's my dad. And I see that for myself. Like yeah. eventually and for you. Like yeah. that's going to be us. Right. What the hell are we going to do when we get to 60 something years old and we want to go down to working one or two days a week and everyone's like, but you're such a good therapist. Look at Joe. What is he doing now? He's still with Rita um, up in Green Tree. So Joe worked with us at Mercy. Ugh. He was uh, is amazing. The best. He the was, man, the myth, the legend. The man, the myth, the legend, <laughs> Joe. And Gretchen and I were in the same office at Mercy, smaller office. And I just remember going to Joe. It was before my very first session and being like, "Oh my god, I'm terrified. What am I going to talk about for an hour?" And he was like, "You, I think you'll be fine." <laughs> And then he's like, shut the door. I don't want people thinking like our therapists don't know what they're doing. <laughs> well, I mean, when we first start out, we have no idea what right? we're doing. And so then he proceeded to say, I'm going to give you some advice. And I've carried this advice with me forever. He said, when you're nearing the end of treatment with somebody, just sit back. Look at them and say, tell me again about your mother. <laughs> <laughs> and you got another five years. <laughs> I'm happy to say none of us do that. We, I was like, what? <laughs> you don't want people getting better because like your laundry list is, but so, but no, Joe is amazing. And I did, I, I called and left him a message and he called and left a message and he said, you know, 
I can't even imagine like what it's like on what some of my former clients are dealing with right now. Mm-hmm. And he was just like sending the best to all of us. So that was very sweet. Yeah. Um, and he was doing, he was doing one day a week with Rita, um, with forensics and, um, with the pandemic just not doing it now so just stopped maybe forced well, him maybe to retire not yeah that forced him into retirement maybe yeah. good for him yeah so we'll just need another pandemic to happen and maybe certainly. another like <laughs> certainly well and 40 it was, or 50 years it was so nice i think i saved his voicemail too because it was so sweet to hear from like an older mentor like yeah shit is hard good luck <laughs> it is it, it is, is hard. and so if you have people like no I mean, anyone real, like healthcare people, therapists, like taking on people's emotional energy all day long is a lot for a lot of people. Well, that's been something that's been really interesting. You mentioned this earlier. Now it's just coming back up about like taking good care of yourself and doing what you need to do to better address whatever is going on for you. I don't know about you, but it's been really hard. Like, I think I said this the last time that we did our first like, oh my God, three month pandemic podcast that I was um, realizing a lot of the things that I did pre-pandemic to manage Mm -hmm. stress and to take care of myself, I could no longer do or Mm -hmm. I could do them, but they did nothing for me. And that has been actually really difficult because it makes you feel a little lost and uncertain and not sure. And it's, I found other things like doing Legos and my kids and my husband roll their eyes every time we go to Target or like a box arrives from Amazon and they're like, mom, are you getting another Lego set? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> the last time we went to Target, my oldest son, I was like, <gasps> guys, because I love Harry Potter and they had, they released new Lego Harry Potter sets and I was looking for the burrow, which if you're a Harry Potter fan, you know what that is. And if you're not too bad, you should figure it out. <laughs> but they had the burrow and I was like, oh my God, I totally want to get this. And so I went down the Lego aisle and I put it in my cart and my older son goes, mom, no, no more Legos. And I said, yes, I'm getting it. And he throws his hands up and he goes, well, I tried. <laughs> he keeps, I keep bringing Lego sets home and he's like, where are we going to put them? And I'm like, don't worry, I'll find space for them. I love it because another wonderful thing that Brene Brown talks about, she was talking about play mm, and how so important. important play and creativity is. And she said the opposite of play is not work. The opposite of play is depression. Yeah. And it, it like when you, your yes. eyes light up because it's you're so joyful. excited to, to have this thing. And like play is time without purpose like but legos they are making a purpose but again like still but spend some time when you don't again going back to expectations about what our intentions are don't set any expectations like just let yourself Mm -hmm. just try stuff yeah i don't even remember what it was that made me go i'm gonna get a lego set for myself because i get lego sets for my kids all the time yeah um and i always love i mean I love playing. And so my husband and I love playing games and we love doing things. I love playing with my kids. One of the things that's been really fun is just because my kids have been home so much and really are only interacting with each other because <laughs> we just are not really <laughs> spending a lot of time yeah. with other people outside of our family is seeing them play together mm-hmm. and being able to engage in that and be silly with them has been one of the most 
kind of healing things Mm -hmm. that I could do during this time. And you were talking about time spending with your niece and nephew and how wonderful that has been. I thought about that when you just mentioned it too, because they really do also only have each other. There's one friend, they each have one friend and their families are safe and like they're safe. And it just like warms my heart because like they do get bored sometimes. Yeah. And you know, we're, I was talking to Gabby, my niece, tonight, and she's like, I'm just bored. I don't know, like, what to do. And we started talking about, like, not having soccer and not having these things. And her, and then I was uh, also talking to my older niece, and she's in high school, like, senior this year. And these kids are like, it is what it is. Like, we're dealing with it. Because what else can you do? And I feel like all of the parents are like, (laughs) Oh, my God. All of the parents are freaking the fuck out. And I'm like, they're dealing... And actually, like, I love going, and we'll spend time on another podcast, I'm sure, talking about parenting, but my heart goes out to all of you parents. I'm doing it one day a week, and (laughs) it's a lot of work, and they're great kids, and they're so sweet, and they're not behavior problems by any means, but um, it's hard. It's so hard. It's so hard, and so just... Asking for help is a big one, too. So Well, and with everything, like you had said before... Give yourself some grace. Yeah. Right? So anytime you're feeling overwhelmed or stressed or, oh, no, I messed up, whatever, critical of yourself, any of that, stop, take a deep breath, and tell yourself, I need to give myself a little grace. I need to give myself a break. I'm doing the best that I can, and that's okay. Whatever that looks like. Yeah. Because it's so hard, especially when you were saying, like, about the political and social... It's so many things all coming together at the same time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And everyone is going through it. Right. It's not like, well, I'm dealing with a pandemic and political issues and racism, but Christy, you're not. No, everyone Mm -hmm. is. And it's affecting everyone. And it's palpable. We all feel it. And some days it's hard. So going back to the meditation Buddhist perspective of, There is innate goodness in every single person. There is innate goodness in every single person. And having to know that no matter what a person has been through that has scarred them or multiple scars that have like blocked their heart from whatever is happening, that I have to, and this is just for me personally, I have to trust every day that there is more good out there than not. Because if not, I feel like I'd give up. No, I agree. I would really be like, this is... Uh No, I have the same perspective. And I remember in grad school, one of the first papers that I had to write in my orientation to mental health counseling was what is your perspective on humanity and people? Like, what do you think about humans? And I said the same thing. It was one of the sentences in my paper, which was, I believe that everyone is innately good. No one is born. And I say this to people all the time. No one is born, baby, into the world way or I'm Republic. No, we all learn or like I accept people like we have to experience and learn. And there is motivation behind everything that we learn. Oh, a hundred percent. And it's, and so now even, I've just had the moment to realize why we're best friends. Why? Cause <laughs> because we have, we have the same belief. Oh wait, like reason number 160 million <laughs> that we're best friends. <laughs> I think that we could do a whole podcast on all the reasons that we're best friends. <laughs> Stay tuned for that. <laughs> Maybe our special 100th episode. <laughs> uh, but it is. It's it's absolutely true. And I feel like at the end of the day, if 
you can sit down with yourself and be okay with who you were in that day, how you showed up, the compassion that you had, like for yourself first and foremost and for other people. That's all you can do. Well, and remind yourselves, we talked about this too, I think, during the the unhelpful thinking. Like if you're having a hard time with negative thoughts about yourself, try to bring them into that neutral space. You don't have to be positive with yourself, especially if you're really struggling thinking, I'm no good, I'm not doing enough. Just telling yourself, saying these things to myself is not helpful. It doesn't help to tear myself down, right? Mm-hmm. Think about how would you speak to a dear friend, yes. right? If Christy came to me and said these things to me, would I be like, absolutely, you are a low-life human and you should be hard on yourself? Mm-hmm. No, I would never say that. I would say, Christy, give yourself some grace. We're going through a pandemic. Don't be so hard on yourself. You're doing the best that you can. Sometimes it's a useful tool to also think about yourself in a different version. Yeah. Okay. So we have so many versions of ourselves. Like you have your elementary school version, your high school version, yes. your whatever age you are now. Like pick a version, pick a time in your life and just speak to that version of yourself. Yeah. And now I recently had a client do a journal prompt. So if this is useful to anybody out there, it's imagine yourself five years from now. You are in the place where you want to be. The things that you're working on, you've achieved. What is the advice of the, I'll use my age, uh, the 45-year-old version to my 40-year-old version? This is what you need to do. Mm. This is what you need to focus on. These are the people that are important. These are the habits that are important. These are the things that are going to get you to where you want to be. And it's so powerful. Yeah. So my client that I did have do that, I mean, the tears are just streaming. And I'm like... (laughs) Yeah, this is what it is. This yeah, is because I think it. it forces us to realize what is actually important. Mm-hmm. Why am I so worried about what I'm worried about today? Why am I so focused on that? How is that serving me? How is that helping me? Is that going to get me to where I want to go? Mm-hmm. Do I know where I want to go? And if I don't even know where I want to go, why am I pressuring myself to go somewhere? <laughs> right. But it's true. Mm-hmm. Even if it's like, well, what are you? What are your goals? What are you headed towards? Uh-huh. Well, then why are you pressuring yourself so much at all? Because most of the time I feel like people are looking outside of themselves about what other people are doing and they're feeling like they're not on that timeline. Oh, it's the comparisons. This is also unhelpful thinking. I'm... Here I am driving down the road. I look over at Christy. What is she doing? She's doing this. Oh, well, it must be better. Well, just what you said with... It's a dangerous trap. What Facebook was doing to you, like, look what this person's doing. That's exactly what it was. It was comparison. Mm -hmm. And it was also like FOMO, feeling left out because of the choices that I was making. But then when I thought about it, I was like, fuck that noise. I made these choices because that's what made me feel safe. Why would I go against that? Right. So I need to eliminate the thing that is making me doubt my own choices. Yeah. And that's important too. Sometimes it's not easy to eliminate because sometimes it's our own brain. Right. (laughs) But not all the time. Other times it is people outside ourselves. And especially during this time, I've noticed for myself, well, and this is really any time, but it's happened more during the pandemic. When I'm not taking good care of my mental health, when I'm feeling more anxious and more stressed and more scatterbrained and just not centered, I am more susceptible to FOMO to feeling like I have done something wrong to my friends, my family, my children, doubting my abilities. And it gets in the way. It's a 
it's such a horrible mind fuck. It just is. Yeah, and as you're like thinking through yours, what mine are like to put labels to them of like I'm not doing enough. This person is doing this, and I'm not doing that. And well, I already did this, but was that enough? Or maybe I should be doing more. And it's always the shoulds. Yeah. And the well, and it's interesting because for me it tends to be relational. I think for you it tends to be work focused. Absolutely. And for me it's relational. So I'm like, this person is mad at me because I've been so busy with work or my kids or whatever. They're not talking to me or like I sent them a message and then they didn't address my message. I haven't heard from them or I'm in some group chats. And it's like, if I say something, nobody responded to it. Is everyone mad at me? Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like I am 39 years old. Like that is not what is happening. But those are the thoughts that creep into my mind and they're so unhelpful. Yeah. But again, well, that's why it's for people to know that therapists have this too. Like, yes, we're just as fucked up as you are. We're human. How awesome was that post? I, Which one? I posted it. I fe- It was a repost of some sort that was like, I'm now saying like, uh-huh. Like, let's normalize normal behavior. We yes. don't have to say that everything needs to be fixed. Mm-mm. That your therapist is probably like, uh, yeah, me too. And like, I look at, so I've been doing Thursdays with the kids, doing homeschooling. Yeah. And I look at these teachers and I think, good God, like, bless them. Because oh, they are so going bad. through so much. And we have a group at the village that we don't lead, but Dawn does. She said, also, the things that they're going through, like they're dealing with all this new way of teaching and technology and everything. Then they're lesson planning from four until midnight. And then they're doing it the whole next day. And they're dealing with administration that like doesn't get it. And and doesn't help them. No. And nobody knows like what's going on. So again, I'm sorry. I went on a little bit of a tangent, but to say what I'm going through this time is not like anything anybody has experienced before. Yeah. Let me take good care of myself because you're right. I've noticed it a hundred percent when I get so busy that my need, like my need for exercise or my need for eating well is put to the back burner. Like I feel worse. Horrible. So if there's any takeaway from today, it's turn it back to you. Balance. Find your own balance. Yeah. Whatever that looks like. Yeah. And it's going to be different every day. So find balance in this moment. Yeah. And I think that another way to kind of keep yourself in check too is to physically write down the things that are useful. Because in the day you might be like, I don't know what it is today. But if you have a list and you look, you're like, yeah, that's what I want to do. 100%. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And especially like if you're feeling stressed or you're uncertain or you're anxious, that's not the time to try and identify what's going to help me the most right now. (laughs) Well, because it's true. Like when our emotions are heightened, our emotional brain takes over and the front part of our brain where logic and reason and good decision making and ration all live, you're getting less blood flow to that part of your brain and it's not functioning at its best. So if you ever wonder why when you're anxious, you can't think and you can't make a decision and you don't know what to do and you don't know what's right, that's why. So to do what Christy said, to think, oh, I need to do something for myself right now, but what should I do? What would help? If you have a list, that would be great. Because to look at something and to identify, oh, that sounds really good, is a lot easier than trying to just pull shit out of the air. Sure. And if you have a list, put Legos on it. Yeah. And find your... (laughs) They have so many good sets. I'm running out. I found a gingerbread for Christmas. I'm tempted to buy it. It's like a Christmas house. It'll be part of our Christmas decorations. 
I think it's a fabulous idea. My kid, I actually was working. I was working on a Lego set before I came over here to do our (laughs) podcast. I paused my Lego set to come and record with you. Don't you feel so lucky? I do. I know you do feel lucky. (laughs) I'm not going to say that I was like, I haven't seen Harry Potter. (laughs) You've never seen Harry Potter? Oh my God, Christy. We're going to have to have a Harry Potter night. All right. That's enough for now. We love you all. Take care. Have a good night. Thank you for listening to Conversations to Connect with Gretchen and Christy. If you like our show, want more information, and want to connect with us, go to our website at www.conversationstoconnect.com and follow us on Instagram. We hope this episode has given you some useful tips to create meaningful conversations in your life. If you feel like you would benefit from talking with a therapist, one resource is www.psychologytoday.com or you can contact your insurance company. See you next time.